smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hello everyone and welcome back to why not mint money i am shipra from mint's personal finance team in today's episode i will talk to sandeep sikka who's the executive director and ceo at nippon india amc to trace his personal finance journey hi welcome to why not mint money a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth so let's get started on your money journey hi mr sikka and welcome to why not mint money thanks shipra thanks for having me here yeah. so uh, sir between equity debt gold real estate and alternate asset class what is your current asset mix so if i was to look at my portfolio today i think uh, equity would be roughly about 70% uh, debt would be about 15% gold would be about between 3 to 5% and the balance is real estate i don't invest i have not invested anything in uh, alternate asset class uh, but broadly if i was to look at my portfolio over the years i think the equity allocation has been increasing i have been more you know i think initially when i started working when i was young i used to be as any traditional uh, investor I used to invest more in debt but i think now over a period of time i think when you realize there's no better asset class than equity I think my incremental investments only go to equity. Right. And how has your portfolio performed over the past one year across all the asset classes uh, that you're invested in? So it's a very interesting. You know, I think uh, since you asked one year, one last one year has been one of the most uh, volatile, and uh, the year I mean there's been too much volatility. But uh, when I uh, personally invest, most of my savings are invested. You know, I've been uh, for ten, fifteen years till the time I don't need the money. So when I look at my portfolio. overall i mean let me take for 3 to 5 years perspective my equity portfolio uh, broadly has given me return of about 15% fixed income about 7 to 8% real, real estate has been a drag i mean and i think i would also i'm i'm not uh, positive on real estate whatever i have is for my own residential reasons and for uh, whatever i've inherited but uh, broadly uh, real estate has been you know i think uh, incrementally i don't see investing in real estate but i think uh, uh other than the last year because of the volatility the performance you know both in debt and equity may not be so good look like but i think when you do these investments you do for a longer period of time and but i'm very happy at a portfolio level i think it gives me higher double digit returns right so just to be sure that i heard it uh, correctly that the house that you reside in also uh, is also forms uh, you know your total yeah. real estate investment yeah yeah correct correct what is your view on real estate as an investment I don't see as when I would not uh, like to invest in real estate as an investment. I think especially I think again when you were to see, I think I personally believe for any investor, uh, investing into financial instruments is far better. Today it's not easy to invest in real estate. I mean, firstly the appreciation that used to happen doesn't happen. The rental yields are too low, and I think the cost of maintenance, the cost of uh, um, yeah, even uh, liquidating it, and the inconvenience around it. I think it's not an easy thing. So for me, uh, in a real estate is no more an investment; it's more a consumption. Right. So to talk about your equity investment, sir, uh, do you invest in direct stocks also? I've never invested in any stock. I became the CEO in two thousand nine. I think after that, I've never invested in any single stock uh, to avoid any conflict of interest. The only stock I hold is Nippon, which is my ESOPs, uh, and I think uh, other than that, I've not invested any direct stock. And what categories of equity funds do you invest in? I think broadly, I'm uh, I'm invested across all, but uh, broadly my allocations are more towards you know uh, mid cap and small caps. So, would you call yourself a high risk investor? 
I won't use the word uh, use the word high risk uh, because I think uh, I am a lazy investor. I invest for five, ten, fifteen years uh, till the time I don't need the money for any particular uh, goal that I've invested for. I think over a longer period of time, uh, it gets evened out, and I think the mid cap and small cap turn out to be better. So I will not. That's why if you will call an investor risky, uh, you know, going for additional risk if he's investing short term in uh, small cap. Uh, but I think all my investments have never invested with any, having an investment goal of anything less than ten years. Right. And are you shifting between market segments in your equity allocation? I am a lazy investor. Uh, I think once invested, I stay invested. I don't believe in timing. I don't believe, you know, I think because I think I I believe more in asset allocation. So effectively, uh, changing between one fund category to another fund category, I think does not help. See, uh, 99.99% of my financial assets are in Nippon India Mutual Fund. So I think I invest across categories. So for me, I think the way I see is once invested. I don't try to change because last six months, last one year, a particular segment uh, is doing well. So I think I'm, like I said, I'm a uh, passive investment in active schemes. Right. A passive investor in active schemes. Right. And what about international funds or stocks? Do you invest in them? So I don't invest in stocks, as I mentioned earlier. But I think I have uh, started investing in international funds. I think my percentage would not be very high. But yes, I think because of the fund house, we have a lot of uh, country-specific funds. Uh, which is whether it's US, Japan, uh, Taiwan, uh, Hang Seng. So I think we have been investing in international funds. So when I go for international funds, I prefer not to go for generic funds, generic themes. I think, but rather go for a geographical allocation. So let's take, if I want to take an allocation, I want to invest and see the upside of the semiconductors, I'll invest in Taiwan. So similarly, that's the approach I have. But yes, to answer your question, ne uh, never in stocks, but uh, international funds started investing in the last five years. Right. And do you invest in direct plans? I think it's a, um, uh, I would say, a majority of the investments are in direct plans. Sir, in which form do you invest in gold? And what are your thoughts on gold as an investment? I think it's a very small percentage. I think a, a, I think there's a natural love Indians have for gold. You know, traditionally we've been taught, you know, but I think if you put the financial now cap also, I think one thing is very clear, it acts as a natural hedge, both against equity and bonds. So I've been, you know, investing in gold ever since the ETFs started. Uh, I've never invested in any physical gold, but uh, ETFs and electronic gold, uh, I normally like to have about uh, uh, three about 3% of my portfolio. Right. And to talk about debt, are you shifting between categories in debt? As, as I mentioned earlier, I think I don't like to shift, you know, I don't like to time. I think I don't like to uh, change because there's a momentum. A particular category is doing well, whether inequity, mid-cap is doing well, pharma or theme is doing well, or the other way around uh, in the debt also. So I think I invest for long term. My strategy is very clear that I think do the asset allocation when you're investing. And after that, I think you need to just uh, write the market. I think as long as the asset allocation is right, there's no need to change the schemes of the funds. Right. So, like you mentioned that the last uh, few months have been, you know, the markets have been quite volatile. So, what would you say, uh, you know, was your one strategy that has worked for your portfolio in the last one year? And what is that one strategy that did not work for your portfolio? I think if I was to say what worked for me was, I think, uh, not reacting to any market volatility. I think the way we have to see is from investors' point of view, there are professional portfolio managers uh, who take care of that. But at an individual portfolio, uh, portfolio level, if we were to keep changing or timing the markets, 
I think let's let's go back. You know, in last two to three years post COVID, uh, as we saw market Nifty going to seven and a half thousand, we saw it again. You know, all time high in last six months, and we've almost seen you know going around about a sub sixteen thousand level. So I think I'm a very firm believer that I think uh, you have to control your emotions. Let emotions never take over. Let momentum not take over. Let the news flow not take over your investment decisions. Investment decisions have to be done for long term and uh, with a goal in mind. And one has to be disciplined to stick to that. So I think, and I have, uh, I don't regret. I think I feel very happy. Many times it gives you active churning of portfolio. Gives you a feeling of, you know, I think a little bit action is happening. You're trying to churn. You're timing. But I think in long run, uh, it's all about staying invested in the market. I mean, that is what uh, creates wealth for you. Right. So, how many months of emergency fund do you provision for? I keep six months, you know, of my expense as an emergency fund in liquid funds. So that should be available at any point of time. Right. And do you have health and life insurance? I'm a very firm believer. Uh, both health and uh, term insurance. I've been having term insurance and topping it up throughout my career. And uh, health insurance. Well, we also have at a company level as a, in corporates as we have. I also continue my personal health insurance. Right. So to move away from your investments and you know talk about money in general and your uh, you know some bits about your personal life. Uh, so, what is your idea of wealth? Uh, this is the most difficult question. Hmm? <laughs> I think it might. Uh, it's a very interesting. We deal in an industry where I think uh, wealth means money. Wealth means you know AUM. But I think uh, I personally believe when you look at wealth, I think it's uh, about three things. You know, uh, one is uh, health. When you talk, is the health part. You know, that's a physical part. The other part is the education and the mental, which is the learning part. and third is the relationship and the social and i am a very firm believer i think while we not to sound philosophical uh, career money all these things are very important but they need to be and means to achieve the goals and the goals are the three wealths that i talked about you know uh, health education and relationships because uh, i don't think so when we talk if we think wealth is all about money and if we think i think I'll, uh, the purpose of life becomes very myopic so for me health and the relationships uh, are important and mentally uh, how do you keep yourself you know uh, the education and education is not necessarily a formal education could be any form any hobby could be anything how you are getting better uh, every day compared to what you were yesterday so i think for me all these things are you know wealth that we wealth that we should treasure right so were you able to go on a holiday in the past one year and when do you plan your next vacation Uh, last year i have not gone for holidays you know but uh, but i put it the other way around i think uh, uh, i come from a hometown in chandigarh so my parents normally used to come uh, to bombay uh, very often but because of covid for last two years they have not traveled so i got an opportunity to visit chandigarh very often more than ever ever since i left chandigarh for my professional career so i enjoyed a uh, lot many weekends in chandigarh last year and that was uh, being going to chandigarh your hometown and spending time with your parents uh, as good as a vacation but i think surely uh, i will be you know when uh, in the coming year i think uh, plan to visit and for me it's something mountains is what i love i think i'm uh, still to plan where to go but i think it will be mountains and hills that's wonderful i mean seeing as that you come from chandigarh it's no surprise you know that you love mountains <laughs> and and in, in in bombay you miss that you know in living in a concrete <laughs> jungle so you miss that part yeah definitely uh, any lifestyle changes during the lockdown that became permanent So I think um, 
I've always been into fitness, you know, but I think one thing that changed during this COVID period was, I think, the amount of time that I could spend because the traveling was not there. You were not traveling out station. Uh, commuting was less. I think I've been, you know, I think uh, today uh, spending one and a half hour a day on your health has become a lifestyle change. You know, I think I do it every day. I mean, now that I've been started coming to office and everything. I think the second change has been, you know, um, again, being from North, I've been a foodie. I think I used to love eating food, you know, going out, eating food. But during COVID period, having homemade food, you know, I mean, it makes you feel that I think uh, from a health point of view, um, going out for food is good. But I think uh, home food is far better and more healthy. And that's one lifestyle change I think I've got. I think I eat less outside and more at home. Right. Uh, sir, how do you involve your spouse in family finances? Well, I've always believed, you know, I think ultimately what we do, uh, it's all about even when you talk to me about wealth, I mentioned about relationships and relationship means family, uh, spouse. Uh, I think so. I think it's very important. Whatever we do in life is ultimately for a family and involving spouse as a part of all key decisions. It's not only the financial decision is a very, very important thing. Uh, I've uh, been involving my wife uh, for investment decision throughout, but post COVID, I'll say, I think the engagement is very, very high. The last question of the podcast is, what do you teach your kids about money and wealth? Oh, I think it's a very uh, interesting uh, thing. So first, I think if when I was, if I was to today go back, you know, I wish uh, 25 or 30 years back, I think uh, at that point of time, I was also aware that I think for long term, uh, equities are the best asset class to create wealth. I think because we all came from traditional, that equities is not a good thing. You know, I think uh, it's always invested in bank deposit, I think. So I was a late investor into equities. So I think one I think is about equities. But the more important thing that I always keep uh, educating and sharing with them, long-term wealth gets created. You become wealthy, not by earning more, but by saving more and investing rightly. So I think it's, uh, I think you can earn as much as you want, but I think if you can't save, I think you cannot uh, have enough corpus for yourself. So I think saving is more important than earning. And after that, once you save, how do you invest? That becomes even more important. So for me, it's not about income. It's about saving and investments. I think that is something both, the, both these things I've been trying to educate my kids a lot. That's wonderful. All right. So that brings us to the end of our podcast. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today, Mr. Sikka. Thanks, Ibra. Once again, thanks a lot for having me. Thank you very much. That brings us to the end of today's episode. If you would like to know more about this topic or make a suggestion of a personal finance topic that you would like us to cover, I can be reached at Twitter under the username of Shipra Singh Saurat and on LinkedIn at Shipra Singh. Thank you for tuning in. See you in the next episode. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.